party people and welcome to a new live episode of Off the Rack. I am your host Sal and normally I'm joined today by my lovely and talented co-host slash life co-host Tiffany, but she's not feeling well so it's just gonna be me today and it's gonna be a little shorter for an episode, but that is a unique opportunity for you out there who are watching the show live like you should be every Monday evening Eastern Standard Time between 5.30 and 6 p.m. Uh, you can sponsor today's show by using Super Chats, ask a question or comment. We'll read it here on the show, and it'll be part of it forever. And for an exclusive one-time, hopefully ever, period, uh, you'll be the second host of the show. So we're going to hear from you and me about some some books that came out this week. Now, uh, there were quite a few books that were Tiffany-centric. Uh, Immortal X-Men, uh, I want to say Damn Them All, a uh, number of books that Tiffany likes, Gargoyles, uh, at all. But uh, those will be obviously tabled for another time. Uh, but there's a few that I covered, and I'm going to be talking about them. And uh, we're going to see how this goes. If it works out, who knows? Maybe there'll be another solo Sal show that I can make three episodes of and then ignore forever. Of course, this is a show where we talk about news and reviews. So before we get into the comics, we are going to be talking about a little bit of news that came out of the comic book world today. The first of which, I think the one that I'm planning on talking about today is the fact that Tom Brevoort is being moved from the Avengers campus, so to speak, of Marvel Comics to the X-Men place of uh, of marvel comics uh some are speculating that it might be an indication that marvel is planning to make moves to make x-men more of a household name uh, make a bigger push for the x-men which i would argue they did in 2019 when hawks and pox launched and became this sprawling interconnected epic that brought in superstar writers and artists x-men has arguably never looked better consistently across multiple titles than it has during the Krakoa era. Uh, it has never felt more cohesive, I would say. And you're talking to somebody who remembers back in the day when there was X-Factor, X-Force, X-Men, uh, Gold and Blue, and all these different titles, and they were all doing executioner songs and mutant massacres, etc. I, I don't know what that means to, to suggest that they're doing a bigger push for X-Men. So while that, for me is more of a, like, uh, editorialization of the Tom Brevoort news. Uh, I think that it is a good indication that Marvel is looking to make X-Men more ubiquitous with Marvel Comics, to make bigger moves, to make the X-Men kind of what they were in the 90s. And uh, what, that, what that essentially means, hopefully, if we can divorce it from what the kind of like baggage of that sentence means. Uh, we can say that when the X-Men was at its peak in the 90s, and in fact, we have like a poster or two of uh, classic X-Men here. And this one's the one I want to think about specifically. This is actually a fold-out poster that came with, I believe, the first issue of X-Men from Claremont and Lee, and is still the highest selling uh, Marvel comic ever made, but also I think one of the highest selling big two books ever printed. Uh, but in there, uh, it is Jim Lee art. It showcases every X-Man that was, or was as close to being the most popular of that time. And it's it a little, a little point there says, and the best is yet to come. And I would argue that that was kind of the best in that decade and it never really got 
better until the next decade when things got more complicated and a little bit more nuanced. I think like when Grant Morrison showed up and like kind of infused life into it, although I really like the Whedon era and uh, a couple of other periods in that time. Uh, I'm not suggesting that the Lee period of X-Men was better than like the the Louis Simonson period, but I'm just saying, you know, like it never got bigger than when it was when it was look when it was looking like that. Uh, and so perhaps because Brevoort was around back then and remembers that era, that we are going to see a return to X-Men and Marvel not being these kind of weird, disparate, separate brands that are housed under the same umbrella, but rather that we're going to see a meshing, that we could see something uh, not uh, akin to X-Men versus Avengers, but rather something more uh, in tune with the X-Men bleeding over into more titles i think that one of the books we're talking about this week amazing spider-man number 31 is a good indication that maybe we're seeing it already uh because there is a little bit of a a weird curious uh crossover that we had uh sparked some controversy recently regarding kamala khan uh not just her uh changing of the power guard but also uh, how we got there and how why why did that happen why did it happen in that book why is that happening to her here we get a little bit of a payoff in that issue and we'll talk more about that specifically in a minute but um maybe i'm reading too much into it but it could be a little indication like we're gonna see the x-men pop up everywhere and maybe it's okay for the x-men and spider-man the x-men and the avengers the x-men and anyone to bump elbows and become a kind of like here is what the Marvel universe looks like or could look like again. All it means is that like Braveheart's going to oversee the X-Men line. That's what does that mean? Honestly, I didn't even know Braveheart was overseeing the Avengers line. So is that an indication that, you know, the Avengers of his, the, the, the Aaron Avengers of that brand is going to happen to X-Men. Surely not because Jason Aaron is writing a Batman book and may in fact be heading over to doing uh, uh, maybe the Justice League. We're, we'll see. But uh, but that's that's a story for another time. Uh, I am, by the way, excited to see a Jason Aaron Batman book, especially a kind of like mini series that's divorced from the main Batman title uh, because I loved his Punisher series and I enjoy his uh, solo character runs. I think that Aaron is more suited for those kind of like character deconstructions. And I don't know if I've ever read a Jason Aaron Bat book before. Uh, so that'll be cool to see. But yeah, so Brevoort being on X-Men, does it matter? Certainly it's it, it makes the headlines and it helps people out uh, to make stories out of nothing. Uh, I, I should admit, though, that Brevoort was apparently overseeing the Avengers during a period when I actually gave a rat's ass about the Avengers, which of course would include the new Avengers and the civil war era, which I think theoretically or technically was a Avengers event. Uh, I would call it a Marvel comics event, but yeah, I guess since X-Men did kind of play roles, but not to any extent that it affected all of the X-Men. Yeah. I'd say it's probably an Avengers event, but yeah. So uh, let's jump into a couple of super chats before we get uh, moving on to the books. Uh, trash cam, for example, first it's true. You are first love y'all come pop crew. Thank you. Trash cam. I'll take uh, that uh, love on behalf of the entire crew. Uh, not just myself, but also of course my incredible and intrepid uh, invisible co-host Tiffany, who will be here next time. But uh, for now is, uh, is nursing a uh, bad case of, uh, 
she was on vacation and uh so was i for that matter you may see some rosiness in my cheeks um but she uh yeah she's she's just recovering and she'll be right as rain before you know it uh charzy did you see spider-man lotus this weekend if so what are your thoughts personally the suit and swing sequences were the best bits and everything else was unfortunately quite boring um if you've never uh heard of spider-man lotus there was this like long uh standing kind of uh, rumor about a big kind of true to form you know more accurate than any other media spider-man fan film that was in development with like high-end special effects and acting and cinematography etc then uh fell into a web of controversy of its uh, for itself which uh included i think directors and uh, actors saying incredibly racist things and people who uh have more to say about that have receipts and can cite those sources and i don't want to jump into it too deeply here but i will say that uh i only saw references to it through the lens of making fun of it because people closely associated with the movie were racists but also that the special effects team that worked on it doesn't deserve to not have their work seen and so i think they shared the Spider-Man swinging sequences divorced from the movie, which is the way to watch the movie, but also um, they're fan films. And uh, you know, it's tough with fan films. You know, certainly I felt motivated to make them myself being that, you know, we make a, we, we have a studio here. I am a nerd. Um, we have, you know, more ubiquitous uh, access to uh, movie esque technology than ever before so the time to make the, the, the there's no better time to make fan films than now um i i don't really watch a lot of them you know I, i've seen a few um i actually one of my uh, co-hosts over on uh, another channel only stupid answers dj wooldridge made a fan film i believe about superboy because i remember vividly that uh, tana moon was cast in that one um but yeah i i I don't really watch a lot of fan films and I don't put a lot of stock in them. You know, I, I can imagine even the greatest amount, the best fan film in the world might get you certainly clicks, but it's not going to get you a seat at the table. You know, it's not like the fan fiction community, which we do have examples of fan fiction that has been turned into novels that have been turned into movies and how full careers have been made from just doing some erotica fan fiction and then turning it into your own thing. I would say that if you have the budget, the time, the effort, the resources into doing a whole ass Spider-Man fan film, that's like an hour and a half. Maybe your resources would be better suited to making your own movie. Um, though I will admit that the Lotus suit looked good and the swinging sequence was, was cool. And the uh, orchestral version of the nineties theme was pretty fire uh 60 second comic facts hey sal hope the vacation was fun it was i had a fantastic time so did my team there was a moment where all of comic pop was in one location on a beach can't argue with that danby 900 uh, i'm not sure if you read it but the enfield gang massacre number one was awesome and pretty easily my favorite issue of last week jacob phillips's art is so much like his dad's and it's fantastic western noir comic no i've never even heard of it so uh, i'm glad you dig it and uh, I'll, I'll give it a i'll give it a glance why not right Let's jump into a couple books. Why don't, why, uh, why don't we talk about books? Um, I guess the first book we should talk about is Superman 2023 annual number one, I guess, from 
host of artists, uh, but written by Joshua Williamson, including uh, Mahmoud, Mahmoud Asrar, Jackson Herbert, Caitlin uh, Varsky, Max Rayner, uh, Edwin Galman, uh, and, and, and more. Uh, it's a 48 page issue uh, that only sold for six bucks. Uh, and it is a really fun issue that kind of like gives Lois Lane center stage for the most part. Uh, it is very much a Superman annual. Uh, you will actually find on the most recent episode of uh, All Stars with Joshua Williamson, which airs tomorrow. So you should definitely check out that episode tomorrow. Um, I believe he talks a little bit about that either either this episode or the previous episode, the episode that's dropping tomorrow or the episode that dropped a few weeks ago. Uh, but talked about how this is very much a Superman without Superman book where Superman is felt in every page, uh, even if he doesn't appear in every panel. Uh, and I always love these kind of issues because it really just highlights the strength of the supporting cast. This is the kind of thing that I would like to see from a Spider-Man comic where we really focus on uh, those side characters or those prominent supporting characters and see where they're going. Actually, it's funny because the latest Amazing Spider-Man does a very similar thing where it also acts as an annual and has segments that focus entirely on supporting cast members yet doesn't uh succeed as well as this uh this is this is a really fun issue watching lois lane be editor-in-chief of the daily planet and execute how she would do it and watching the ripple effect of that on more supporting cast members and making the daily planet feel like a character in a, in a sense or at least a, a well-utilized location you know i i you can't help but draw parallels between Spider-Man and Superman, especially when it comes to like the fact that they're both d directly connected to newspaper publishers. But I really like the use of Daily Planet in here. And I like the use of Lois in this. And I think it's a really fun issue. Um, we do focus on a couple of moments throughout. Uh, we get to see uh, what happened, what becomes of Livewire uh, teased in previous issues of this run, which you definitely should have been reading by now. Jamal Campbell's art is fantastic. If not also supported by some wonderful writing by Williamson. Uh, but uh, we see what happens to Livewire. We teased a little bit about some unexpected member of the Superman cast joining the daily planet. Find out some payoff from that in this issue. Uh, we see some parasite action. We get to see uh Supercore. And a lot of other fun stuff. It's a really, really fun issue. Uh, and I don't think it breaks the bank. It's also a nice indication of like what Dawn of DC means for Superman. Uh, so if you haven't already, you should definitely check out Superman Annual number 2023 or Superman Annual 2023. They don't even number, number them anymore because they have to be indicated to the years from which they are released. But uh Highly recommend. I do. I do enjoy it. Uh, between these issues, I will also uh, chat it up with Ardwit, who says, "Comic pop, woo, woo to you too." Hyped for the future of X Men. Interested to see where the Children of the Vault story goes. Was cool to see Cable and Bishop team up. Yeah, as I understand it, Bishop and Cable hate each other, uh, and uh, that's a holdover. But we see them work together to deal with a common issue. I can't say that I've read that issue, but I can say that I've seen it uh, because it was spoiled for me on uh, various internet. Uh, message boards that uh you know people traffic uh, i cite r slash comic books lady laser discs hey sal just wanted to throw some support your way thank you very much laser discs we do appreciate it currently watching saw meh i should have stayed for the live well that's okay i appreciate you being here man Saw, you know 
I have seen Saw, and I can say that uh, for what it's trying to accomplish, that first one, I think it succeeds marvelously. I think that that movie is... It's no surprise that it has become a franchise. I don't know if it's become a franchise that can support spinoffs, but that first movie, not bad. Uh, Jackson Boyd, whatever happened to Wake Up With Comic Pop? I enjoyed hearing your opinions on news and media. Obviously, is your decision, but I always wondered. Well, I'll be happy to answer that question for you and any other questions that may arise during this live stream. Uh, but uh, I, I will say that uh, we had this show, Wake Up With Comic Pop. I had this idea, uh, a comic pop or a comic book centric morning commuter show and it still exists i think we have seven episodes i'm not sure maybe four uh but i uh i had this idea i i sat down and i like wrote a couple of like segments and then just started recording them um and then i found that i was blowing out my voice by recording two hour long episodes of back issues on wednesdays um recording morning sessions with benny and folk over at absolute comics and elseworlds exchange on fridays and absolute comics on Tuesday. Like I'm, I'm podcasting every day, five days a week. And not only was that too much. Uh, oh, and also we'd have to double dip sometimes. So I got the Josh show. I've got my interviews that I do occasionally. I also have the DJ shows like Spider-Versity and the X-Men Mutant Academy series we have over on Only Stupid Answers, which you haven't seen already. You should, because it's me and DJ watching X-Men movies. Um, the next one coming up, by the way, is I think Days of Future Past. No, it's a uh, first class. So you can check out the previous run. We're going in chronological order of release. So we did a kind of like Patreon only episode called, uh, it was the Pride of the X-Men pilot movie from uh, animation. Then we started with uh, X-Men, X2, X3, X-Men Origins Wolverine. And uh, we're heading into uh, first class territory. So we've already stumbled twice in the X-Men franchise. Uh, it's fun to talk about and it's fun to watch, hopefully. But uh, doing all of these shows, I was surprised. I thought I could talk forever, but it turns out it, it eventually my voice gives out. And I was like, I can't, like, if I don't have a voice to do Wake Up With Comic Pop, it's a shame. It was well-liked on this channel, Comic Pop Returns, but I can't, if I can't do back issues, I can't pay the bills. <laughs> and I need to keep my voice alive. And uh, I went to the doctor. Like, it was such an issue that I literally made an appointment with the doctor. And the doctor was no help whatsoever. But, you know, it, it was an, that was enough of a wake-up call for me to, like, cool it a little bit. But uh, I would like to bring it back. But I also found that I was, like, really stretching with topics. And uh, even if it was once a week. So I, I, I don't know if I can keep it up. And that's the, really the problem with most of the shows in Comic Pop, where I'm like, I got this great idea for a show. So I guess I'll host it. And uh, anybody else want to? Okay, so I'll host it. You know, and it's like, I can't host everything. Uh, so anyway, uh, John Kata, uh, I just wanted to say, I love what you and the guys do here. So thank you for that. Quick question. What do you, uh, what do we have to do to get No Man's Land on the couch? Uh, thank you very much, John. I will extend your thanks and uh, appreciation to the rest of the crew. Uh, you don't have to do anything, man. Just wait. Just hang in there. Subscribe. Like the videos and uh, and hang in there. Lo no Man's Land is an inevitability. Obviously, it's a foregone conclusion. Like just like Batman Odyssey or you know Dark Crisis, like books that are big enough where it has a huge cult following. Obviously, we're going to cover those books on the show. It's just a question of when. And do I have enough time to prep? Because it's like, yeah, I've read No Man's Land. Can I do it from memory? Probably not, uh, because there are so many working parts. Like, I give you the gist of it, but that's not anything. It, it makes me actually want to go back, because we did the same thing with Nightfall and Hush, etc. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool to kind of, like, do those again? 
but more in depth, like make a three hour nightfall episode. So these are the kind of things that I'm thinking about. And no man's land is among those, you know, those, those ideas. So hang in there. Uh, Nikhil Kapoor says, Hey, Sal reading Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen's run on daredevil. And I'm enjoying it immensely. Uh, my first daredevil trade. And it's a good one. You uh, are in for a treat, my friend. That's a good run. Uh, if you haven't already, you should also check out um, not only just uh, Daredevil Born Again, but um, The Man Without Fear. Uh, fantastic miniseries, John Romita Jr. on art, um, but it is, it's Daredevil Year One. It's just a straight up dope series. And if you can, you know, right now I think it's actually out in Epic Collection. So you can just get that, no problem. It's on the shelves in your local comic book store right now or on Amazon. But uh, if you can get it in floppy, you'll get gorgeous covers um dex baker says uh sal i have rare uh i have a rare friend that uh, i decided to get into comics on his own recently uh but last week he came to me about spider-man he wanted to know who paul was and why people hated him i mean it's a tough call when you are the arbiter of the comic book industry for newcomers uh the best thing that i would recommend with that kind of thing is just to be as uh, open and unbiased as possible. You know, Paul is a new character that was created by Zeb Wells, who was made specifically to be a love interest for Mary Jane and further uh, cement the fact that Spider-Man and Mary Jane aren't related or, you know, uh, married anymore. And uh, people don't like him for that reason alone, but also because he is, he was mean to our protagonist. Uh, so that's another big uh, strike against him. And uh, he has no discernible personality. Uh, so that's like, it's, it's like they did it for no good reason. Um, and, and you just, you just go from there if you want to, you know, really kind of swing it. But, uh, you know, you just got to be honest and unbiased or as much as unbiased as possible. Like, here's why I don't like Paul. Or Paul is a new character who was invented to establish that Pete and Mary Jane are never going to get back together. It has some baggage as a result of that. Now I'll tell you what I think about it, if you care. You know, so it's it's a tough call. Uh, and LT3, throwing some coins in that comic pot. Ha, nice. Uh, did you see they're making a TMT last Ronin game? Also, what are your hopes for the Batman off-world book? Uh, I'll answer the last question first. I am hopeful that book is good. Uh, I don't know who's drawing it. I didn't remember who they said was going to draw it, although I did see a you know press release or something about it. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks, it's going to be dope. Um as for the TMNT Last Ronin video game, uh, I can't believe they're making one. You know what I mean? Like, it's incredible uh, that it came this fast. Like, it feels like it came kind of like out of nowhere, but also that it came so quickly on the heels of Last Ronin. But at the same time, you know, Last Ronin isn't really that recent. You know, we're already working on a sequel. We're getting a kind of like, we had that complimentary series that came out um, and I think just wrapped up. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really cool. I haven't seen anything, you know, I haven't seen, I, I don't know the studio that made it. Uh, and I don't, uh, I, I haven't seen any like actual, uh, what's it called? Like I haven't seen any animatics or art for it, but you know, is my, my, my concern is, is last Ronin enough? Like, is it big enough for it to sustain its own video game? You know, how are you going to handle the mechanics of the turtles being, you know, ghostly spectral assistants? Um, you know, are they going to be tutorials? Are they going to be, you know, support characters? Like, what's the idea there? Is it going to be just a straight up adaptation of the of the comic book? I mean, that makes sense. But like, eh, thank you very much. Uh, by the way, Doug Mankey's doing the art. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to friggin read that book. Doesn't that sound dope? 
like I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, as far as last round and like, I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, unless it's a top down strategy based game, in which case I will not be reading, uh, or playing that game. Um, but yeah, man, uh, hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tiffany. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to uh, illustrate why we've, we're, we're in this situation, or do you just want to kind of kind of like move on? No, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Like I, I think it's not a, a secret that. Like, no, I'm, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not my athletic at all. Like I'm just not, and I don't take care of that muscle stuff at all. And like I really should because I also like swimming in the ocean. And then when the ocean beats you up, it like really hurts your muscles so much so that like you can't walk upright mm-hmm. well so yay uh yeah a little wake-up call gotta gotta you know work on that yeah the, the apparently core is important yeah yeah it's true Oops. so Uh-oh. you know it's all good but i had such a good time and even though like yesterday i was like i probably shouldn't do this i did it anyway and today my body said hey that was a mistake but yeah, Fair. so I appreciate. It. I was like, you're like, no, I'm going to take care of this, and then I was like, I feel bad. So I, well, like, I, I can show I up for a few in. books, and then you know, I know you're I'm going to go now. back to Switchland. <laughs> yeah, you'll do that when the show's over. But uh, oh, okay, <laughs> I should also mention that at Superman uh, Annual Number One, there's also an indication that I will admit I knew about before it came out, uh, and it involves Lobo, and I love this idea <laughs> so much. The idea that before Zarnia was destroyed by Lobo, Brainiac took a city. Oh yeah, why not? The bottle city, city of, Lobo. of Lobo. Yeah, great. Yeah, city of Lobo. I'm or city of Zarnia, but like city of Lobo. Yeah, I'm and then so excited for that. Right. Okay. So that's right. Lobo is like the most obnoxious of all of the Zarnians, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. Well, I, well like, okay. So he always was. He was always an aberration. Right. I think. Based on what we're seeing in the latest issue of Superman 2023 annual, that this that this may be an explanation for why Lobo is such an such a bastitch in his own vernacular. Um, and uh, so I would I would keep your eyes peeled for City of Lobo. Well, I was going to say, like, I could imagine if they were all that obnoxious that Brainiac would just have ejected it. And been like, well, well, it could be that that maybe that's it. why Brainiac never never brought it up before. Right, 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 right. He was like, that was a mistake. Candor, good idea. This, yes. this listen, we all get a, like to have a bad day. All right. Yeah. Uh, I also like the fact that he apparently has doomsday dogs. They are just like terror dogs, but made of made of doomsday. And I'm like, well, and they have kryptonite collars, and uh... he does. No, they just they're just doom. If doomsday were two dogs. And I'm like, Doomsday Dogs, no notes. Keep going. <laughs> Please write more. Okay. Um, Jasper Eddie, thank you for your support. We do appreciate it. Uh, Charzy, are there any plans to do a ranking stream on all the Batman suits in comics, similar to the Wolverine cap streams? Would love to hear your opinions. Of course. Makes the most sense to me. I don't think I'm going to blow the uh, the wad of Batman that quickly, but like, yeah, wow. you, can, you can expect that. Uh, and Hayden Hamilton, my three comics I push on people, Gotham Year One, Wonder Woman Dead Earth, and Spider-Man Life Story. Then I'm always pushing Nightwing and Bruno's art. Yep, Nightwing's great. Uh, obviously, those three ish- books are hugely uh, not only beloved, but also successful episodes of back issues. And we definitely support those books as well. Um, 
so yeah what do you got tiffany um i, I wanted to at least talk about a couple of books um that came out one of them was not uh children of the atom that was i just didn't get a chance and i'll be honest with you children children of the the vault right children of the vault sorry children of the vault frustrates me um simply because of like their inevitability yeah (laughs) it's like it's frustrating and scary that doesn't mean i'm not going to read it it's just i was like i really wanted to prioritize a couple of other books and like i said i was only gonna be around for a few issues today so let's talk about um fall of x uh immortal x-men uh Ah, number 14 yeah because obviously uh kieran gill and lucas warnick on art uh what a great freaking issue i mean it's just like it's you know it's like hey like xavier's on krakoa right and also let's talk about uh sebastian shaw and how like he's just a bastard like he's (laughs) just a dick right you know Mm -hmm. makes a deal with mother righteous helps get selene on the council and uh now he's looking for his payday but orcas isn't going to give them or give him his payday until he's not a mutant anymore and so he injects himself uh with a serum to ensure that he's not a mutant any longer and he's like that's fine He's like, I was never really yeah. mutant anyway. Like, I just had the X gene. Who cares? Like, I don't is this, care. So, is this different from the gun that Moira gets shot with? Uh, it, it wasn't like a little like syringe thing that was like, doink. Here you go. Not a mutant anymore. Done. Is that that easy to do? I didn't realize that you could just do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a chip like they had for the um. Maybe they they control him. It, it's hmm. the point is, it's not like it's just like whatever. He's just like there, done, cool, moving yeah, on. Fair enough. Right. Okay. Um, and then he finds out that like he, he technically like got all of Krakoa, but not any of the wealth that went with it. Mm. And so he's mad. And then he tries to go and contact Mother Righteous, ends up getting expelled, I believe, from the Hellfire Club. Like he's just it all goes down like, good. for him. Right. Which yeah. is awesome. I'm like, no, good. Yeah, you suck. I hate you. Right. Like, that's my no notes here. It's like you're you're literally the worst. <laughs> um, Emma gives him a really hard time. I love that uh, because we're dealing with Hellfire stuff, she appears exactly how you imagine her to look with like Hellfire garb, you know, the whole coat, uh, cloak, white with, queen, like, yeah, yep, whole thing there. Um, and she's like, Yeah, no, good. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it's all happening to you, you know, because like, mm-hmm. you know, you could have been really super rich if you just stuck with us, yeah. But, like, I love this line because she's like, I, I did it for the children and you did it for the sense. And he's like, that's fine. Cause my real power actually is like making sense into billions. So uh, here I go. Okay. Good luck. Watch, See you later. watch out everybody. Here comes me. So he, hey, you he, know, now that you're a human, can we kill you? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could kill him anytime. There's, there's no Krakoa. So there's no laws. Just like Kate said, right. Right. He's not part of it anymore. Like even if there was a Krakoa, it wouldn't matter. He's a, uh-huh. A jerk yeah. um but uh he we get like a page that like lays out his plan you know his like st- like steps one through four and profit you yeah. know yeah and it, it involves like making sure like okay there's no one else on krakoa that the stark sentinel perimeter is secure that um he makes sure he gets the external gate to give to celine because that's important to keep her happy make her happy make celine happy at all times mm-hmm. i'm like okay sure right I mean, listen, she's a really great drawing, <laughs> but uh, also that like Krakoa is in like a hibernation state right now, which I was like, that's a really great thing to make sure we make known, right? Yeah. Like to understand that Krakoa is in hibernation because it's like theoretically like it's kind of under attack. There's like this perimeter. So why isn't Krakoa uh, fighting back? 
Yeah, like what's because, the point of having like a living island? Right, that right, might right. Be able to defend itself if it's but, not going to do anything. But it's like semi hibernating right now, and Charles like I got to keep it that way. It took Doug. We don't know where that is. We can't really communicate with it. We just need to make sure it stays asleep, and mm. then I'm going to mine the hell out of it. Ah. And occasionally I'll bring a sacrifice because Krakow needs its energy or whatever. But like, trust me, this is going to work out really, really great for me. Like, mm. smash cut to like X weeks later, and it has not worked out for him even remotely. Good. And, you know, there's like uh, there's a, a soldier on board, you know, one of his mercenaries, security force, whatever. And he's like, listen, every time we send someone to that island, there's they monsters die. there. He's like, I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Celine's there, too. They're like, I don't appreciate you using the word uh, monsters for mutants. He's like, no, no, I mean monsters. I don't mean mutants. <laughs> I know what a mutant is. Uh-huh. I, I don't like them, but I know what they are. Yeah. I mean monsters like scary teeth, big rip your face off monsters. Mm hmm. And so immediately, if you know, you read this book, you're like, "So it's Charles, got it?" Right. He's making them sea monsters. Okay. Exactly. Uh, and that's what's what's going on. Like he's on the island, and as much as I love all the Shaw stuff because it's like juicy, because I hate Shaw and I hate his betrayal, but I love to watch it, and I love to watch his like hopeful fall as well. Um, for me, the real star of this issue is uh, the internal monologue and thoughts of Xavier. As he's, you know, we, we go through the night again, like we see a little bit of the highlights on the off chance you didn't read Hellfire Gala. Why is Charles here and why is he so upset? Because yep. like, he killed all of mutantdom in his opinion, right? Right. And uh, I love the fact that I, I believe this issue is called uh, Sympathy for the Scarlet Witch. Oh. And I love that. That's funny. It's right? Like, that's just like a little touch. If you didn't catch that, guys, it's just such a nice touch because obviously that's where charles is right now he's like yeah. i just i just no more mutant them by shoving them through the gates i made them leave i, I killed them yeah right there's like a handful of them left and it's all my fault um so he's protecting krakoa because he's just like i will not allow anyone on this island who killed like my mutants my children like no yeah. no that's not gonna happen emma tries to reach out to them she's like hey charles i'm not gonna tell you where i am in case anyone's listening that shouldn't be but uh i'm i'm like the white queen and i don't usually care about this i'm worried about you man hmm. I'm, I'm a little i'm a little concerned about you like maybe yeah. you know you should just you know just come with us relax for a minute like we don't know that they're gone you know right. reed stark we're all working together trying to figure out where they are we don't know for sure and he's just like leave me alone right i killed them well, i don't want to go deal with reed because like I, I removed information from his head and he's like mad about it <laughs> sure but no it's true he's he's just it's self-imposed isolation he's right. like, and, and I, like i belong here right exactly exactly i i belong here i don't want to deal with reed too because every time like he you know shows up and then like what like oh they also mentioned like t'challa's there and it's just like well we're almost becoming the illuminati at this point like that never goes well you know what buddy like you could use them right now <laughs> you could they don't bring that up but i really like he's like no we're not doing that one of the last panels we see of him in this issue is him just standing on the beach just repeating um like no more no more no more and i'm like mm. that like it's just this is so well written it's like poetry you know it really yeah. is uh i did not expect though to immediately find out that the mutants are not all dead we don't know where they are oh well it says they're nowhere no when mm -hmm. okay and exodus is there and he's there with hope destiny's there as well she's freaking out she's like i can't see and they're like and hope's like well you're blind <laughs> so, so you, you know she's like no like i can't see the future 
Right. Like I right. can't see anything. Where's Mystique? Where's my wife? Yeah. And Exodus is like, there's 250,000 mines here and none of them are Mystique. Now, right. don't forget during the Hellfire Gala, it looks like as though she like ended up running and falling, dashed upon the rocks, but yes. no body, no body, no death is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I hold true to that. Um, so we had this like, m- like moment of like straight up sort of like Christian storytelling here in a way where Exodus is in the desert. There's hmm. 20, like 250,000 mutants in front of him. He stands God. up. He's wearing his Hellfire Gala costume his, his his outfit which has like a little bit of a halo around him like this oh, gold man and he's standing up before them and he's like listen to me my like mutants like we're gonna go through the desert together and it's gonna be fine mm-hmm. and hope's like how do you know and she's like i he's like because i have faith and they're just like walking soldiering forth yeah and you get like a little excerpt from the book of exodus it's just this is such a great great issue uh where it's like hey it's almost like a little like you know like sort of prologue not prologue epilogue to hellfire gala where it's yes. like what happened with the mutants what's going on with xavier we touch base with shaw we touch base a little bit with emma who's like running that sort of like resistance thing gillen's just freaking like killing it with this issue for sure yeah. um then at the end though we get like a list of like hey follow the fall including children of the vault which means 100 percent we're going to talk about that next time around mm-hmm. um and then there's a, a few other books on there which one of which i'll talk about later i guess that i don't Uh, quite understand just yet why it's on there i think it's because they thought people weren't gonna buy it really do you know what i'm talking (laughs) about is it ghost rider wolverine weapons of vengeance yes yeah no it is it it is 100 percent that issue because i read that issue this week as well because i saw it on there and obviously i was going to read it anyway but i saw it on there and i was like let's let's get in on this why is this on the list why is this part of follow the fall so obviously i read it ben percy's writing it Mm-hmm. and it's a really good issue and i really enjoy the story and i don't see the connection there isn't one yeah it's just a, it was just lies uh especially because of the fact that in the back of it there it has its own list of books oh to follow great. this storyline yeah which is not the fall of x not necessarily mm-hmm. right like i'm not sure where this begins by the way this one's called sympathy for the devil so I had a lot of sympathy th- this week. Yeah, <laughs> sympathy for, for 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 Scarlet Witch, sympathy for the devil. Yeah, um, but again, like if you're if you read this expecting something right now, at least with issue alpha, because it is yeah. an issue alpha. So is there going to be like a mini series, or there going to be other books associated with it? Like, does it have a reading order? Uh, yeah, no, it does have a, a reading order. It's it's gonna it's one of those ones where it jumps around, where it's okay. not going to just be a Wolverine Ghost Rider title no. series or, or right. mini series it is technically a mini series but the next issue if you want to keep reading this will be ghost rider 17 followed by wolverine 36 which okay. maybe that's why it's part of it maybe somehow when he does wolverine 36 he'll tie It'll it back around um yeah. and then we'll finish off with ghost rider wolverine weapons of vengeance omega number one because we love our alphas and our omegas but it's yes. only four issues um not a big commitment not a huge commitment uh but i don't understand why in the back of immortal x-men it is listed in the follow the fall of x i just don't get it i feel like that's really doing this book a disservice obviously maybe it did help to boost its sales um Mm -hmm. but it's not going to make any fans out of it if you were expecting if you're reading this expecting to see what wolverine's doing during the fall of x like if you were reading this be like what's wolverine up to i thought he was chasing beast down i thought he was still working on finding those last wolverines that are out there like or, or they, they, they just... did that already that's over <laughs> um but it's just not going to help 
this book in the long run. It could yeah. have boosted the like issue seven, uh, yeah, uh, issue one or alpha of this book. Right. But no one's going to like jump to Ghost Rider number 17 because of it. I mean, maybe a few people will, but more or less you're going to make people just go like, okay, cool. I'm not going to read any of the other books that are here because I don't know if they're going to be part of the fall of X. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, a really strange decision. Um, but regardless of that, as a Wolverine Ghost Rider story, completely mm -hmm. divorced from fall of X set in a other time. It's fun. You know, I, I, we've better seen, be. <laughs> we've seen Wolverine and Ghost Rider, other Ghost Riders work together before. Uh, yep. They're a solid combo. You know, they can both be dark. They could both be gritty. Um, Wolverine is, you know, no stranger to mysticism, to, you know, supernatural uh, happenings. Or flaming metal. Or flaming metal. He's had his hot claws for hot sure. Hot claws. Does he hot get hot claws in this? No, thank God. Um, it's, it's never say never. Right? No, listen, who knows? Maybe Mephisto will show up and ask if he wants to have hot claws uh, this time around. Again. Um, by the way, uh, the art in this, like I said, it was written by uh, Ben Percy, art by Jeff Shaw, uh, yeah. which I was like, oh my gosh, Jeff Shaw, who's done lots of work, but I know him mostly from God Country. He's yeah. a perfect fit for this book. So good. What a cool idea. So, so good. Uh, definitely still a different feel from it. But just really good, great art. I don't know if it has to do with the inker or the colorist, but like just had a different feel, but really great looking book. Um, that starts in the past because we're gonna do a let's go back. We gotta we gotta set up a little bit uh like of a like history in order to go forward, where it's just like there was this kid who was like an orphan, he was in an orphanage, and well, his caseworker's like, Hey, weird things happen around you. Kids don't like really want to hang around you you haven't worked in families you always are returned i get the feeling that you might be a mutant so i'm going to take you out to xavier school for gifted youngsters i saw uh charles xavier on tv he is the you know authority on mutants not knowing or that we're setting up the time period also that this starts in right like a the institute still exists b people don't know xavier's a mutant you know like, oh yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, we, we can kind of we could probably carbon date this you can carbon out. date this one wolverine's in his <laughs> yellow and blue suit uh kitty is in That's funny we're in the other suit on the cover i know well we're, we're, we're in the past i guess i don't know or they just wanted to draw something else uh kurt's there uh you know kitty is there as well uh she pops in for a quick second so it's like this is where we are this yeah. is the time period xavier's like hey you know like he gets shown like a like a picture of the kid drew and he's like oh no i bet you think i'm weird now and he's like not at all kid let me in let me let me like you know see what's going on in there he like gets flung out and he's like okay cool um i would totally take this kid but he's not a mutant oh there's something else going on here and he's i can a demon. yeah i can try to get you in touch with someone who might be able to help you but i can't help right now i'm okay. sorry right yeah and she's like, cool, you're just like everybody else. Awesome. Exactly. Right, let's go, kid. And the kid's like, I don't want to leave. These people seem cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a blue guy who's, like, scary, but, like, everyone's down. Like, this this girl walks through walls. Like, I, I want to be the guy with scary claws. I want yeah. to be here. I want to be part <laughs> of this. He, uh, there's something about him that just really appeals to me as a it's just I don't know what it is. I Like, you know, like, I want him on a shirt. I want an action figure of him. I'm, I'm here for it, right? Yeah. Um so logan's like good riddance like a kid smells like sulfur i'm like nice touch right and he's uh -huh. like maybe she has some sympathy for him we cut of course to johnny you get like a little backstory there which i appreciate because 
Percy's kind of treating this like, what if you're a Wolverine fan? You like my Wolverine? You're coming into this. You don't know much about Ghost Rider. Let me give you a little bit of a set out without doing like a straight up origin for Love him. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we we see him in like the Coliseum. Um, you know, it, it's the Crash Simpson stunt cycle, but Crash isn't here. You know, Roxanne is there and, and, and you know, he's going to go on with the show. She's like, but only go on if you're if you really believe in it. He's going to jump the buses, whole thing. Right. Falls. We see clearly like a, an image of Mephisto. It's all worthless. This part. Right. You know, yeah. we see him crunch, whatever. Awesome. Done. Right. Bam. Cool origin story you get you get the vibe right like you 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 probably saw the uh nicholas cage movie you could piece it together from that right yeah (laughs) i'm just saying if you don't read ghost rider you can extrapolate if you saw that some information and uh, apply it to this right sure um we see the kid back at the uh, at the orphanage and it, it, a horror show event occurs, which was hinted at the very beginning of the book. There's like a little like we actually really start in the present, but the bulk of the story takes place in the past for this issue. And the right. present is uh, Johnny it has had a rough time of it recently. If you've been reading Ben Percy's Ghost Rider, had a rough time of it recently. He mm-hmm. arrives on the scene of a crime where there's this horrifying tower of bodies you have to read it to understand what i'm like talking about um wolverine shows up he's like it's happening again and then we do it let's go back Uh, so we see the thing from earlier we're like oh wow yeah no it was happening again you're right but this time (laughs) it's like with children that's worse yes um uh wolverine is like really on edge uh oh also i'm sorry we also see some of the other team later on uh including uh angel and colossus is there storm is there and she's got like the white hair with like the little black crown that she wore. Oh, so again, cool. like we are dating this book. The so, like when crown, yeah. Yeah, the past is. Um, you know, they they lose power in the Xavier Institute. The boy shows back up because he ran away from the orphanage after whatever scary thing happened that clearly he had nothing to do with, but obviously had everything to do with. Totally. Um, Wolverine like goes to get a whole bunch of candles, which is like a really funny image of Wolverine heading up from the basement with just literally oh. an armful of like tiny taper style candles of all different colors. <laughs> awesome. Right. Uh, the X-Men have been attacked and there is a demon there, which to me looks like a really crazy version of the demon bear. Oh, and I'm like, are we going to tie this in? I hope so. That'd be cool. Because that was a very different style of like demon sort of, you, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I'm going to hold my judgment until we learn more because we have not learned more, mm-hmm. but like, it's a really dope image of Wolverine running at this thing, right? Protecting yeah. Charles. I'm just like, I'm, I'm here for this. Right. Definitely. Um, and that's when we see like, that, like, you know, like it makes a run for it. Uh, Charles is like, go after him. You got to help this kid. He, the, you know, Wolverine's doing this entire you know, narration of the story. You know, he's talking about how Johnny and he, you know, have similar backstories in a way, like, you know, we're both like weapons of destruction. And, you know, we both have like storied pasts and all this. And, you know, he's talking about how he's like, oh, I don't know the demon and the kid. Can they survive without one another? Who knows? But like, I had to go out. And of course, there's the other like iconic imagery for these two characters and it's motorcycles, you know, Ghost Rider, except for Robbie often mm-hmm. pictured with a motorcycle um and wolverine is no stranger to them as well right sure. so we get like a really dope image of like it's like a split page where it's the two of them just riding motorcycles as they're both you know gunning for this demon child thing. bear yeah. thing um you know they they sort of face off for a moment um 
Uh, but, you know, inevitably Ghost Rider is like, you're not the one I'm looking for tonight. Let's him go. And then, like, we kind of ended up, um, you know, flash forwarding to the future where we're like, what what ended up happening? Like that kid, they didn't find that kid, presumably. Mm. Or we're going to get more in between. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to, like, pace this story out. But the idea is that social worker took him in and raised him. Yeah. And so, like, now the two of them are back on the trail. And, you know, we see him back, like, in his more current costume ghost rider in his now more current costume because in the past he's wearing the classic johnny blaze kind of like blue yeah with rider the sort of yeah yeah that whole thing and now he looks more like the like hybridization danny, danny johnny you know look um so you know there there we have it you know i i, right. I honestly really enjoyed this book but if you were looking for this issue to tie into fall of x because it was in that list it, it, it just it just straight up did and and honestly i sincerely sincerely hope it doesn't because it really doesn't make any sense <laughs> for wolverine to be doing this right now no. it'd be really really inappropriate for him to be like hey listen i know Kirko is but, a shit show right now yeah and i don't know where any of the mutants are and beast is still out there and orcas has basically just destroyed everything we worked for but right now I need to go on a like road trip with my bud Johnny Blaze and hunt down this demon bear thing. That's just Again. what I need to do right now. Yeah. So I'm really, really, you know, like hoping these two do not end up like it was an oops. They shouldn't have put it in that list. Mm -hmm. um, and it, maybe it was done again for marketing purposes. I don't know. But I, I kind of hope it was for that and not that yeah. they're going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, also in Krakoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He did, yeah, it's true. All right, well, I mean, but it was a it great book, and a, and break. again, if you're looking for something that, trust me, like Percy's been writing both of these characters, so he's familiar with the voices that he's set up for them recently. Mm -hmm. And I, like, you know, I, he does like a good grizzled Johnny, he does a good grizzled Wolverine. Um, it is nice for to see Wolverine not just only like dealing with Beast, and if you set this at a different time, yeah, it it, it should be just a fun Ghost Rider Wolverine team up. That'd be, that'd be cool. I'm right? okay with that. I, I like that. I want more of that. I, I really enjoy those stories. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Night Terrors because the yeah. third issue dropped and it yeah. uh, involves art with uh, by Yosebi Kamenkoli, Stefano uh, Nessie. And uh, yeah, it's, of course, written by Joshua Williamson, mm -hmm. uh, basically the architect of the DC universe right now. Uh, so, yeah, this is just paying off what we had before. We get to see Sandman team up with Dead Man, who is possessing Batman, and how Robin uh, intersects with their uh, plan to mm -hmm. recover the Nightmare Stone. Remember the Nightmare Stone? Yeah. They're still looking for it. And oh, of yeah. course, uh, Insomnia is looking for it. And inexplicably, our crew is also looking for it. And I know that they keep saying it's because they think that they can use it to defeat Insomnia, but. We also know that Insomnia wants the Nightmare Stone, so I, I feel like it's probably a bad idea to recover the Nightmare Stone because it feels like, you know, it feels like Infinity War or, where, where it's like, oh, let's get all the stones together so that Thanos can take them from us and then use his nefarious weapon. Like, But also, this event is only two months, so let's wrap it up. Uh, so we get that, you know, mm -hmm. and they, they fight and uh, Deadman does his astral projection thing where he looks into uh, basically we have been teasing Insomnia's origins over the last, like, I guess three issues. And uh, each time Deadman is able, is, has been able to look into his mind uh, and clean 
a little more information about insomnia's origins before insomnia goes get out of my head and then Mm -hmm. he does um but uh yeah you know overall the issue is just like watch sandman fight cool monster nightmares watch robin team up with dead man Mm -hmm. and uh and and that's it yeah yeah there is so like i'm really trying to divorce myself from the fact that you know, I, I'm not going to hide the fact that Damian Wayne is literally my least favorite of the Robins. Personally, yeah. I'm just not, uh, I just have no connection to him. Um, you know, they, they bring up a lot about his, being his son and what, like, how hard it is for him to be a father to him. And, and like, I think it was a really good opportunity for someone else, uh, like, of an adult capacity to be like, you know. Everyone sees been, him as a brat. <laughs> he, well, also, like, he's been a father before. Right. And like, even if it wasn't a genetic relationship, you know, you don't have to have a genetic relationship to someone for someone to be your father. Yeah. You know, Um, and so like, I'm really trying to remove that from, from my thoughts because it doesn't really, that shouldn't, that's a a total subjective thing versus an objective opinion of the book. No, Williamson has a vested interest in making Damien work because he likes Damien. Yeah. And and he has a book called Batman and Robin coming out that, you know, is going to be on sale pretty soon. Yeah. Our order cutoff is the end of the week. So check it out. Yeah. um, No, absolutely. And, and, but I realized though, like this random team up, it still has that sort of nostalgia feel of like just a bunch of really random characters coming together to be like the final, like the, the the last stop between the end of the world and, you know, success, essentially. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know, we've seen it before. And usually, again, at least Batman's present, his body is present for that. And usually yes. there are heavier hitters in there, but oftentimes it ends up being this like, sort of like, who are these people again? Why are they important? Oh, okay, cool. Let, let's do it. Um, yeah. So I appreciate what Josh is doing in terms of that, um, you know, he brings up he brings back wesley dodd you know a lot of people you know at this point probably don't even know who wesley dodd is so it's kind of cool that he's here um but this one did feel a little like decompressed sort of yeah this one was more like oh you could you you probably could have skipped this but we also needed to have damien meet up with them like you know but we could have done that as a backup in the batman night terrors issue Mm -hmm. uh and and you know it's just yeah like the last i i've really enjoyed every issue that i've read of this series uh both the night terrors series and the Mm -hmm. night terrors spinoff series um this is the only one where i was like i i understand it's necessary like this issue is absolutely utilitarian in nature i needed all the i needed the things in this issue to happen but it didn't really feel mm-hmm. like a big fun comic book that was worth my money. If that makes any sense. Like, I don't think it was, I don't think it's bad. I think it's com- no. uh, competently written. The art is, you know, you know how I feel about Cam and Cully. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, look at all the same square faces, but I like the art in this. I, I, I loathe him, okay. but uh, I also think that Cam and Cully can draw inorganic matter uh, buildings, clothing. Mm-hmm. He can draw everything but the human face. Yeah, I get you. Unless it's the same human face. No, I get you. But I, I, I like it just because of its stylistic nature. I don't know. There, there's something about it that really fits for me. No, it's well, it's well executed. Like mm-hmm. it, it has a, it has a good, um, like you know, shot composition, if you can call it that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it just, it was, it was like you read it, and you went, I didn't even feel like I really read that. I mean, we do get the like dead man Batman suit. 
Yeah, that was kind of neat. I was like, no, that's cute. That'll be a McFarlane figure. <laughs> Outside they, of that, I'm like, eh, it's, it's, it's no, they, like I think in the in terms of it being part of the trade, it's it's fine. Like it's gonna, it'll have a decent flow to it. But I yeah. could definitely see people being like, okay, this issue was just whatever. Yep, um, it was it, it's whatever. just you know, I guess it's like I could feel the fact that Josh does have a vested interest in making sure that Damien is lined up for whatever is coming next which is listen that's how this works and a lot yep. of times in a lot of stories that you have read and are beloved and that you like you know that i love you know with characters that i have a stronger connection to that happens and i'm fine with it right because right. it's a character i like and it, you know i'm like oh sure they could have picked any character the fact is it's like sure you can make it work that damien could resist this right but there are a lot of magic users in the dc universe that it also could have worked for totally yeah you know what exactly I mean? No, for me, this felt the most like Josh is writing too many books. Mm. That's what this felt like. Where it's like, oh, this is really competently written, and I also couldn't care less about it. Like, I've, uh, you know what I mean? Like, out of all the things that Josh is writing right now, yeah. this is one of them. Yeah. That's how it felt. It was That's just like, it, it, it's just, and, and it's necessary, It's but it is utilitarian. It's it's brushing your teeth. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you need to do it. You know, and sometimes it doesn't even feel like a chore. Right. But, but it's not fun. You're not going to have fun reading this issue. It's just something that has to happen. There, You know, what's funny is like the fun for me is I actually really, really enjoy Josh's dead man. Yeah, that, like that's I'm really, the fun part. I'm like really enjoying his voice for Boston. Yeah. Um, You know, I Boston, like Sandman in this too, where he's like, he's, he's not bad like, where he I, I like that he's there because it makes people possibly go and look to find and learn more about him but yeah. he's not doing a whole lot no in it no, right he's now in it. like he's in it he's there to like to help them out essentially um but like his other than his, like his sleep guest he hasn't really his skill no. set hasn't really come up a whole lot but you know what like maybe just having him there and, and maybe getting a few people to go back and read some of the old like mystery theater issues is enough yeah, um but like yeah like again like i the fun is those opening like pages i really like those opening pages where it's just boston talking about things right oh, yeah, I, it's fun. like it's just it's good stuff we end up at the circus and i'm not gonna lie initially i was like oh, i was like oh my god the nightmare stone is in dick grayson like well, oh no i thought it was the tent from batman dead man <laughs> oh <laughs> i was like yeah. oh my god is the, the tent the, the clown yeah no okay no fair. I, I told you i asked him about it directly he said i the know clown is not in it i know i know but still yeah. um and again listen like there are people out there who love damien you know like, there's a there's a there's a fan base for literally every robin and i think that's spectacular I yep. really do. I think it's absolutely incredible. And it just proves the strength of the bat family and the bat like uh, marketing department. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you have Boston brand there who died in the circus and you mm -hmm. have a literal Robin whose who, parents, like, whose parents died in the circus. And yeah. And it's like, they're, they're like, they're, they don't get a chance in this book because it's just, that's not the Robin we need right That's now. Not the I, Robin I totally get with. it. I totally, totally get it. Um, yeah. No, it's a, it's a real shame. It is a real shame, but you know what? Like for people who love Damien, like he's getting a lot more love. You know, obviously you're about to enter into um a, a time period where there's going to be an entire book dedicated to them, written by someone who has a lot of you know reverence 
for that character. So like mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, but you know, I just I I really just didn't like the insinuation of the strength of that bond. No, I know. Like, like he's like that you're his son, and I was like, Batman has many sons. Oh, I know. No, if for this, I th- <laughs> I understand what they're doing because it yeah. comes up in the show that's coming out tomorrow. But like, okay, it's just a it's kind of a cute moment. It's it's a way for Dead Man to kind of like allow Damien to be a kid where he's mm-hmm. like, hey, you're Batman's kid. Isn't that cool? Yeah. You know, like, don't you feel good? Like, f- enjoy that moment for a minute. Like, right. how many kids can say Batman's their dad? Uh, as it turns out, lot, about 11. But yeah, like, uh, like you, know. you know, Dick, Jason, Duke. sort of Jason. Like, Jason <laughs> wasn't around for a whole lot. Tim. Nah, but he was, you know, yeah, Dick, Jason, Tim. Like, you know. Cassie, <laughs> Stephanie. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, speaking of other things, um, Ken Barbie says uh uh had a pitch to fix a non-aged spider-man that is believable start a new timeline starting at the end of the revaluations revelation story after ben riley's death uh peter's 45 years old at that point spider-man tracks down his baby norman stole and not only finds his baby but a baby miles as well and peter and mj have to raise both and start an aged hero timeline i mean you know yeah like you can write that feel free uh keep it hang on to it you know, if you ever get the chance to work for Marvel, you go always pitch it. But like, you know, don't forget the life story exists where you can see Spider-Man be a mentor to Miles and Spider-Man is 45 and then 65. Like, you know, it's they age. You know, there's mm-hmm. also the upcoming uh, Rage Bait uh, Spider-Man Reign 2 coming out. Um, so, you know, there's plenty of uh, stories of Spider-Man getting old. Check them out. Um, but yeah, man, uh, the last issue. Oh, any anything else you read, Tiffany? Oh, no, that, like I said, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things this week. Yeah. Well, Keep then I'll short. wrap up with Amazing Spider-Man number 31 from Zeb Wells and Company. Uh, this is, of course, a special wedding issue. Oh, boy. We uh, love those. Technically, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number 925 or Legacy numbered. Who knows? Uh, I do know that, like, internally, they do pay close attention to legacy numbering. So... Anyway, okay. uh, this is, uh, you know, Pete and uh, Randy Robertson go out on a kind of like a bachelor party. We watch uh, Randy's uh, fiance, who's, of course, the Beatle. Uh, she has her own bachelorette party. It's rowdy. All the girls uh, that she works with in the syndicate uh, get together. They have a great time. Uh, they paint the town red. They become supervillains. They beat people up. They invite Felicia Hardy. She comes too. she uh is ta- basically talked into dumping peter which she does uh, i didn't even really notice they were da- they were dating you know they were kind of like indicating that they were dating but like i didn't really get any fun dates out of them so i didn't really feel anything when they broke up um especially because like we just had an event mm-hmm. where like mary jane and pete were like explained why they weren't dating anymore so like the black cat thing was always kind of pushed to the side uh who cares um you know, it, it, the issue itself is like, oh, this is kind of like classic Spider-Man. And in, in as much as like we see that, you know, there's a group of uh, bad guy crime related Spider-Man villains who all have an interest in seeing Tombstone get taken down or 
not whatever mm-hmm. like the, there's a subplot about like tombstone taking over the kingpin there's rumors the kingpin's coming back obviously he's not because he's in the x-men books and he's not coming back to this but uh you know well he but- uh, i should have mentioned that, that the reason shaw got kicked out of uh the hellfire club was because wilson fisk acquired it i heard about that which i was like he's the new white king which i love so he could be the white kingpin of crime <laughs> 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 which is great. like I don't know how I feel about that name, but <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. No, it's great. Um, there's a, there's a, there's some nice character building in this issue. Like uh, Peter, try, like, Peter comes across as a big loser because Zeb Wells is plugged into like how people feel about like how Peter is portrayed in the series. Um, uh, you know, uh, basically Randy and Peter go to like some crappy bar and like hang out for a minute randy's like so nobody none of my friends came to this it's just you and me at my bachelor party and he's like yeah well i forgot to invite people and then when i did they couldn't make it and he's like wow you're a major piece of shit and then leaves and then calls his friends and they his friends are like no peter invited us months ago but you're dating the wrong person and we think it's a really bad mistake so we don't want to help endorse that oh and it's funny because like uh, they're better friends than Peter because Randy is making a mistake and he shouldn't be dating with this person. But, but Peter's also gonna... a good person because he took the blame instead of trying to make the, his friend like, yeah, feel bad. Person. Like, yeah. exactly. So like it's, it's, it's real as opposed wow. to like, you know, relatable, but um, yeah. So uh, that was, that was cute that Randy's like, wow, you're a really good friend. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice. Then, uh, of course, Felicia's like, yeah, it's over, Pete. And he's like, yeah, okay. Like, he's sad, but, like, who could care less? Um, we get to the wedding, and um, it's it's a comic book wedding. And I, I thought, like, it was funny that, like, the trope lately has been that, like, they don't break up the wedding. You know, that like, oh, no, it's a superhero wedding. It's not, but, like, it's a supervillain wedding. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, whatever. But, uh, you know, we I, th- there's this trope. Like, when Scott and Jean got married you know mm-hmm. like the wolverine made sure that no one would ruin the wedding by like right. hiding in the woods also you couldn't watch them get married because he would be sad <laughs> uh, but you know like there's and he wrote like this i love that issue because like he wrote like this letter you were on that episode but like mm-hmm. uh, of back issues where he wrote this letter and he has like he has perfect penmanship yeah because he's a thousand years old yeah but uh anyway uh you know the the, the trope had been if it's a superhero wedding or a wedding in a comic book, it gets interrupted by a superhero fight. Then the new trope was you think that's going to happen, but then it doesn't happen, but it happens in this. And like, uh, so it gets broken up uh, before they get married. So they don't get married because we need to make sure that Randy is single and, and, and awesome because he's, you know, that's more relatable. I'm like, like what what is this like why even have there should be like a mandate in marvel comics like just don't have wedding issues anymore <laughs> like just don't do that because like ev- because no one's allowed to get married for any that's length not of true. time what except for like uh uh rogue? rogue yeah yeah i think they got married not in their issue no they got married in the other like issue Colossus where and kitty, kitty and colossus are gonna get married yeah, yeah and exactly. like it didn't work out and they're like well we might as well get married yeah so you have to like um, you got to sneak it in so that the right? comic book gods don't fi- see you. Yeah. Uh, in this issue, we also have like it, it. It's funny because like the main story is this John Romita Jr. drawn Zeb Wells written wedding issue, which mm-hmm. has like parts like it's two parts. They waste two full pages on like part one. I'm like, it's a regularly sized issue. 
how how was it part one like prelude your presence is requested i'm like that was a full page that you could have put art on it but you didn't do that you, well. you just filled it with text that sucks that sucks too much like then chapter two the big day like no te- no no art just a gradient and some text like cool i'm glad i spent however much on this issue but uh but then like the issue just kind of oh is over and you're like oh okay and like hammerhead blows up madam mask's car you know what i mean like like power plays are happening there's a, there's a new character he rides a motorcycle and the motorcycle rides itself oh you know like it just just things are happening and you're just kind of like i don't know like i don't care well at all right and right it, and it's not like it's not, I guess it's, it's not just because of cynicism. Be, it's just kind of like stupid. I guess it's just supposed to be fun. I mean, like recently, um, you know, Clea's mom tried to get married, and like obviously there was like a whole bunch of villains there, and it was like, well, I mean, I, I it's probably not going to happen because you can't. Maybe they were going to get married in the dark dimension, right? Like, right, it was... but it, like, but like I'm just saying, like you know, obviously you put that many villains in a room, something's going to happen, and then something yeah. totally different happened. Right. Uh-huh. Well, see, and that's the idea. Like something different. Like it's not the thing you think is going to happen, but it yeah. is. And you know, it's just like okay, it's just oh well. So that happens, right? And then like, so and he, then, so 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 Randy doesn't get married, and he okay. leaves his wife or his fiance just like standing there. And because like John Romita Jr. is like not not at the top of his game anymore, her expression is just kind of like she looks like she's a mannequin. So I don't know what, what I'm supposed to feel or how she feels in this Maybe moment. Maybe she doesn't know how to feel. Maybe she doesn't, but like I think we should probably have some idea like what's okay. happening. Um, but then we spend another issue or another full page of no art where instead Nick Lowe, the re- the editor, like inserts himself into the book and explains like all his ideas and what he wanted to see in this issue. And it's like, that's not really your space. Like you're an editor. Your job is to let the artists and writers uh, tell their story not to like take center stage in issues that don't really matter but okay here we go so then like we just just the issue just like stops and then we go to like a completely different issue where spider-man is with kamala khan and he's like so you died in my book but you're back she's like yes and i'm on the x-men now and i'm like no you're not what no she's not but I she mean, is she's wearing an well, x-men uniform and she's on the x-men and she says it three times so peter takes his mask off and shows her who he is and Wait, uh, she's, she's like she's not oh, wearing like she's not wearing she's her wearing an x-men uniform she's wearing a, she's wearing her kamala khan x-men uniform trying to recall if she has anything like that now that she's like she's because she remember she's working with emma yeah i can't remember what she's wearing there right in that so she might just be calling it the x-men like you could make an argument that she's just like no that is the x-men well there's a moment where she says don't forget i'm a member of the x-men and they put the x-men logo in there as the uh, uh, you know instead of her saying x-men um right right right, it, right. it's also it, this could also take place at any point in time sure like, this could be like months afterwards like it doesn't really matter the point is we're supposed to like feel we're supposed this is a, this is essentially an apology short story about like killing her in a spider-man book mm-hmm. and i think also it's like a little indication like the X-Men are going to be bigger in the Marvel Universe like they're going to be in Spider-Man. They're going to be in Captain America. Like They're okay. going to be all over the place. Hang on, let me ask you. Does the suit have, like, it looks like like it's the dress, but it's blue yeah. and yellow with the... Yeah, she's wearing no, that... It's, yeah, it's blue and yellow, and it's got, like, the scarf, and she's got, like, X's on her uh, She's got, like, she's got a belt. Like, she's got a belt. Yeah, she's like, got an X-Men X- belt. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is actually currently happening. 
Okay. But like they, I don't, know if, I don't know if we're really calling it the X Men, but it is a like it's Sink and Talon and Emma, you know, re- leading this like resistance essentially. So she is a part of that, and it yeah. could just be that she's like, I'm gonna call it that because I, you know, I got invited anyway, so whatever. So technically, yeah. yes, that is happening. Right. Technically. <laughs> so it's you know it's it, it, it's it, it, divorced from anything. It's like a cute little scene. Okay. Though I don't really know. Like, been reading a lot of Spider Man comics. There's not really much of a rapport between these two characters although they did have like a mind sweat like swap one time but like you know just okay like all right we're we're firmly establishing this character then there's another like mini story where doc ock is like going over a plan but in the super villain bar and he acts like annoyed that he has to be there like it it, it just reading spider-man is a real exercise in frustration because like it's just like things will happen and you're like okay you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna spend some money on spider-man like mm-hmm. we got out of the mary jane thing you know well let's just read this let's just read the spider-man mission let's just see how it goes and like doc ock is like i'm missing information that i need in order to be effective what am i gonna do with like how but it's like and this would take place in like a warehouse but like he needs to talk to people unless he's just gonna monologue but it's written by dan slot so like he could do either it doesn't really matter but so he's in the bar, but it's like, why are you in a bar Wait, if you, you are annoyed? Dan Slott? Yeah, oh yeah, Dan Slott wrote this one so that he could like oh, establish okay. that. Though it's like three pages, and the idea is it is it it is a prelude to his Superior Spider-Man relaunch. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it's also drawn by Bagley, but it's really weird because Bagley's drawing it like Ed McGinnis, and I'm like, what? Like, hmm. it, it's just. It, this the spider-man comics delivering more huh's per, spe- per per page <laughs> like you know so you're like okay then there's that one then there's the like hey i know that like you guys love paul so let's do a whole issue about mary jane and paul being depressed as parents who have lost their children and we'll use that as an excuse to make her into a superhero. So if like Felicia shows up, she's like, hey, I just dumped your ex-husband. Listen, let's hang out in our underwear and put on, and you can put on a superhero costume that I got for you so you could be a superhero. And it's just like, like regardless of how you feel about Mary Jane becoming a superhero, which is, in my opinion, repugnant, disgusting, terrible, and a complete departure of the character. It's a betrayal of the character in every respect. It would be like if we made J. Jonah Jameson or Robbie Robertson or like you know glory grant or betty brant or any other characters that end with ant uh into superheroes but we're doing this just to firmly establish like well one day mary jane can make out with like cyclops it's interesting well go ahead but it's just like it's nothing it's it's just it's you know what i mean like it's just it's nothing it's just things that are happening where you're like you know it Mm -hmm. would be like you know there's there's no joy there's only agenda. There's 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 nothing. There's a, mm-hmm. whole, there's a whole segment where they're like, Spider Woman's back and she wants to know where her baby is. And it's like, if you love Spider Woman, you might really appreciate this mini story. Where because like because that is a good question. Where the hell did the baby go? You know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't care. And it's just a it's just a teaser to sell you a Spider Man or a Spider-Man. right. And how many pages was this issue? I, I don't recall. Oh okay. I just wasn't a sure lot. if. It- okay good good all right that's oh there's a whole there's a whole story about like bailey you know there's a whole issue about like there's a whole story about like a guy who likes to be saved by superheroes okay like so he like you know it's about like obsession and like fandom and so like 
he he wants to be saved by Spider-Man, so he obsesses over Spider-Man. Johnny Storm teaches him a lesson. And there's, there's a whole issue about Spider-Man dealing with a goose. And you're just like, what the fuck is happening? So like, it seems like a lot of this is like just a marketing book to set up new things. Other that, books? Yeah, that uh, are yeah, coming it, out. Yeah, it's like a previews catalog, but like interspersed with webtoons. And like, okay. and then there's one like issue where I'm like, huh, what? That and it was like, did you know? And I, and honestly, I don't like I you know maybe I maybe I missed a few issues here or there, but like so, uh, Queen Goblin, who was oh, Doctor Ashley Kafka, she's alive, uh-huh. and she's banging Craven. You know, I can see that right, and the way it's portrayed, I'm like, uh huh, <laughs> sure. And uh, okay, and then but then you see like once that story ends, they show you the cover of the next issue, and it's the two of them, Craven and Queen Goblin, fighting Spider Man, and you're like, oh, so you did that so that you could save yourself some pages in the next issue, explaining why the hell these two are even in the same room together. Sure, sure. Like it's all it, like this whole thing is just like a catalog. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not like reading stories. I'm, I'm. I'm very aware that I'm reading a book made by a, like a mega conglomerate. You know what I mean? Like I'm. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like dazzled or or, or 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 you know tricked into thinking that I'm reading narratives here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just looking at a a catalog, and I'm like, I'm not your demographic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I don't. I don't want to be sold to. It would be like if I went to a restaurant and I said, I'm going to have a burger uh, with the following toppings. And then they gave it to me. And before they gave it to me, they told me about other things on their menu that I should buy. And then I said, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to buy the burger. I'm going to buy the burger from you. And they said, here's your burger and the menu. I'm like, I don't need the menu. I already bought the burger. No, hang on. It's not in the menu. It's like seven samples of like different things that they have. They're yeah, like, like, you can't it, have the burger until you try all of these. You eat all these other things that are on the menu, but only this much of it. So none of it together would ever like slake your appetite. And, and also might full. make you too full <laughs> to eat the burger. Yeah, it's that. I, I, I hate this so much. And it's not that I like, I hate Amazing Spider. I hate what Marvel thinks this book should be. That's that's fair. I mean, it feels like they're definitely trying to like use it to like be like, okay, the, the weight of the Marvel universe or like other books is on the weight of Spider-Man. So we'll use it to launch a bunch of other things because since right? it's selling well, that means all these other things will sell well because like bat family books sell well. So it'll all work out because it's spun out of this one issue or these other issues. Mm-hmm. In fact, like I know the like Mary Jane Felicia, them teaming up that or like, you know, having yeah, animosity. That's that's a historical thing. That has happened. It is it is a known thing. Yeah. Right. They it's they kind have... of the point where no now, now they're not like they don't even care about the animosity. Like now oh, no, they're friends. Right, like... but they they've had history together for quite a while. So I know it's not what I'm about to say because mm-hmm. they have had history, but sometimes it right. feels like right now what they're trying to do is be like, hey, DC has like Harley and Ivy. Can we like can we do that our over here? Yeah, like because this the, the if we the sooner we get Mary Jane into a costume, the sooner we can do like cover art of the two of them like making out. 
which is like if you make that narratively work i, I really don't care but it's like i don't like the idea of like them going like can we i i know like we narratively haven't worked anything out but can we just make something happen yeah it, it, it's or like it they just feels about create, as like, yeah. a, like you know even before harley and ivy were in a relationship like they were they there were drawings of it they were buddies the they guy. did things you know like yeah it was you know you know harley's mm -hmm. in a toxic relationship ivy's like you gotta knock it you know what i mean like they, yeah. regardless of relationship the two of them have been hanging out doing things together They're, yeah they have history yeah i don't yeah. know <laughs> I, it's just terrible reading spider-man is just an exercise in futility um but yeah but it's a book that exists and you can spend you could overpay for it if you want um Ooh. there are some books out this uh week that you should check out that we think uh you'll enjoy i don't know if you uh i i yeah, but why don't you go first? <laughs> I'll be happy to. Let me let me actually, before I do that, drop a link to these in the private chat. I, so I got it. Like oh, great. I'm here already. Because well, I, I was always here to yeah. begin with. I uh, have to recommend uh, Daredevil number 14 from Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. Uh, it's, it's the end of that series and the end of me reading Daredevil. So uh, that's that. Uh, so this will be my last Daredevil. We'll see how that goes. I, I don't know. Okay. It, I don't. I don't know what's going on, but like just in life, or <laughs> well, in general, yeah. But like with with Zdarsky, <laughs> the um, his Batman and his Daredevil over the last like four months has been like, hmm. like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like okay. I recognize that this is a competently made comic book, but I am not having a great time reading it anymore. Okay. Um, I'm sure it will end with a with a bang. Okay. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest 18, however, is phenomenal. Uh, however, normally it's drawn by Dan Moore. Supposedly this one is drawn by Travis Moore. Uh, not Dan Moore, but rather Travis Moore. Um, okay. I'm excited for it anyway. It's Mark Wade doing Batman Superman. It's just a great series. Okay. Um, Uncanny Avengers from Jerry Duggan with art by Javier Garon is coming out. Uh, I just love the cover. I'm just I'm just ready to read this book. Okay. Uh, I also love uh, Rogue being an Avenger, and uh, I would like for them to erase the uncanny part and just make this the Avengers at this point, because I am not going to read any. When more is Avengers. this happening? I mean, I guess this is, could be happening now because that cover looks like it's mostly X Men. Yeah. Yeah, and like Cap. It, oh, it is Fall of X. Then I guess I have mm -hmm. to read this too. And it oh, also yeah. has the gods thing on there. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, and who are the who are the fall or who are the gods? Yeah, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how Hickman is enjoying putting the who are the gods stuff into X Men books. <laughs> well, it's just a bonus page of that, so I, I I feel like I mean like it's Duggan. He's like yeah sure whatever. Like uh, yeah no I'm definitely gonna read this. If Duggan's writing this, I mean really it's just an X Men book with Captain America in it. So yeah, I'll, I'll I can't read it exactly i can't in good conscience recommend night terror superman number two because i haven't read the first issue i just it just i just didn't get a chance to okay um and uh and of course big shout out to the cover of night terrors wonder woman number two i think we talked about this before but it just looks amazing yes um, again i didn't read any of it but uh i should uh and uh, there's a what if comic but i'm not going to read that because they didn't have any respect for me in the last time they tried it so why would i give them my money again okay um, how about you tiff what's what's uh what's some stuff that you're reading yeah, what I, what is some stuff that I'm reading? Uh, Ghost Rider number seventeen will be coming out this week. This is uh, part two of Weapons of Vengeance. That's what they're calling um, this sort of event thing. You know, the Ben Percy Ghost Rider 
uh-huh. story. Yeah, the yeah. Weapons of Vengeance. Um, so this will be part two. Uh, it's I believe it's the same creative team. So it's going to be Percy and Shaw. Yes, I, I heard that Shaw is going to draw the whole thing. So yeah, which is great. Which is which is yeah. awesome. That, that, that's great. Not that I don't like the guy who's working on the regular Ghost Rider book, but this makes more sense, especially when they collect it and they just call it Weapons of Vengeance. Um, and, yep. and they can just put it out there it'll be a lot more smooth and i think a lot of people, more people might respond to it um but definitely going to be picking that up uh x-men red number 14 uh another fall of x book i yep. like the fact that they're putting it up there so that you for sure know no uh yeah. this is al ewing uh so definitely be checking that out and mm-hmm. uh yeah because this is all about Araco and what's going on up there obviously cool. it's like simultaneously while krakoa has been like destroyed araco has got his own garbage happening for sure yes that's um, true so really enjoying that. Uh, Dark X-Men will be coming out. Yes. This is the one that's like the most confusing. I remember when this was like in the previews and we were just yeah. like, whoa, what are all these books? This is going to be insane. Yeah. And it's like, it's written by Steve Fox. I don't know who the hell that is. Steve Fox is an editor. Oh, he has been an editor. He edited Department of Truth and a couple of other things. Um, oh. But what? <laughs> uh, he might have... He may have also written some stuff too. I, I see that he's also connected to World Tree in some way. Yeah, well, that's another Tynan book. Oh, so I don't know. I don't I'm gonna like give, editors. I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, like this, this is like what? I don't like editors. Don't like jumping fences. Well, maybe it'll be good. I, I'm going to give it a try. We're gonna we're gonna see. I, you know, I think he okay. also did write one other thing tied yes. in, but it it's admittedly it's not a huge body of work rolling into this but you know right. what maybe it's solid I, yeah who knows i mean like, know, let's, the, let's find out let's give it a shot you know the reality uh, is like the x-men era right now it's like no one is writing a book that they don't want to do right so it's like let's let's give it a try it, like this whole team is a ragtag team it's it's like kind of like hellions this part two sort of you got malin Pryor in there havoc gambit will be joining the the, the team it looks like archangel mm-hmm you know, it, it's a whole bunch of people. I'm not going to go over the whole team, but no. it's like, what? I have like end plates there. Why? I don't know. We're going to find out, you know? Yeah, I'm going to at least give so. it an issue. It's part of the fall of X. You know, I'm going to read more than one issue, but I'm just going to say. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, some other things that are coming up that maybe I didn't get a chance to scroll down to just yet. Um, I might, I don't know. There is a what if coming out. Yes. What if it's dark? A, what, what if, if dark? dark? What if dark? It's Moon Knight, though, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of maybe want to check that out, you know? Yeah. I know you, and I, you just literally got done saying you got burned on a what if. I did, and this is also, this is about the Charlie Houston book. Right. So, so that's kind of fun, but again. I Yeah, I know. I I know. I don't know if it's, yeah, I don't, like, I don't at know. At least Greg Land didn't draw the cover. <laughs> that's that's totally yeah i i get you i i get you um if you like uh kelly uh thompson's work which kind of do um the cull is coming out from image Uh, she's writing a book that they're uh describing as something as killing the children style horror mixed with the goonies style adventure uh which is like it sounds like a pretty good sell I've never seen the Goonies, but my understanding is it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I like Kelly Thompson's work, uh, so I'm definitely going to pick up the first issue of this and and check it out for sure. Um, also, uh, Marvel's Voices is coming yes. out with an X Men only book. 
there's a lot of great writers in here. There's some newer writers maybe you haven't had a chance to check out, but the fact that like there's a couple that you know, so like Greg Pak is going to be coming back. Uh, Al Ewing's going to be writing a story in there. Might be enough for you to grab it, and then maybe you'll find a new writer that you like in it. So I, I'd say definitely go check it out. Uh, I really like the cover; it's a lot of fun. Just, yeah, just, you know, just classic bunch of characters looking up at you. You know, <laughs> I, you put Julie on a on the cover, blow it a bubble, and I'm like, uh huh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that for for mm-hmm. sure. I'm just trying to make sure there's nothing else I'm missing here, but there always is, and then I end up picking it up later on. So don't exactly, and we'll do it on the show. Yeah, but in the meantime, uh, if you guys are uh, fans of this channel, you should definitely check out the latest episode of All Stars. It comes out tomorrow at noon Eastern Standard Time. Come by, watch All Stars, Mm -hmm. check it out. You are going to enjoy it. We're going to talk all about. We're going to get a lot of behind the scenes on the upcoming Batman and Robin series, and. and we're going to talk about comic books. It's just me and Josh geeking out about comic books. Oh, so it's going to be like, it's going to be a lot of like behind the scenes, how that book came to be and what's mm-hmm. up with that book and why he's doing it. But also a lot of like deep cut comic book, like geek stuff. Like it's just awesome. us really being nerds. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Tiffany, uh, where can the folks find you? Uh, well, usually right here in this room. Um, Where? <laughs> on Twitch.tv slash Twitch, Yeah, exactly there. On, on usually Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully finishing up Star Wars and then moving on to something else, which initially was definitely going to be God of War, but everybody keeps talking about Baldur's Gate 3, and I do love yeah. me at Baldur's Gate, and I'm like not playing it, but I really want to now, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you to our Super Chatters for being the uh, unofficial second uh, host uh, for a time, although our uh, intrepid host did return, uh, and so I'm happy about that. Made the show immediately better, but thank you Aww. for being here, Tiffany. Uh, and, of course, thank you all for supporting the show by watching the show and uh, subscribing and clicking the bell for notifications and, of course, hitting that like button does help us out. And we'll see you guys next time with an all-new episode of Off the Rack. In the meantime, you guys watch more here on this channel, and uh, that's it. So long, everybody. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye. Bye.